Hello, my friend, and welcome to Wisdom Trek. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your guide to wisdom and creating a living legacy. Thank you for joining us for our five-day-per-week wisdom and legacy-building podcast. Today is day 816 of our trek, and it is Wisdom Wednesday. The past several weeks on Wednesday, we have been focusing on interpreting current events through a biblical worldview. To establish a biblical worldview, it is important that you have the proper understanding of God's Word. Especially in our Western cultures, we do not fully understand the scriptures from the mindset and culture of the authors. In order to help us all have a better understanding of God's Word, I would like to invest the next several weeks reviewing a series of essays from one of today's most prominent Hebrew scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser. He has compiled a series of essays into a book, I Dare You Not to Bore Me with the Bible. We are broadcasting from our studios at the Big House in Marietta, Ohio. If you ever invest much time around teenagers, and even adults for that matter, you will soon realize that within a certain group, they start acting very similar, dressing the same, walking the same, using the same vernacular, and even taking on many of the same practices and traditions. It was not any different when God called Abraham as a chosen person to start a new nation. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and indeed the entire nation of Israel, had many of the same practices, habits, and traditions of the surrounding nations and people's groups. We in our Western culture and society, through the millennium, have morphed into a much different mindset and practices. Because of this and the practices we have adopted, it is difficult to take on the mindset of the ancient Israelites and their surrounding nations. So our essay for today is titled, Walk Like an Israelite. Dr. Heiser explains his mindset change came during graduate school when he took a course on the Uteritic language, which came from the Persian area and dates back to the calling of Abraham. Isaac puts it this way, Cuneiform tablets changed my life, and I'm not kidding. As I look back on my 15 years of graduate school and biblical studies, the turning point on how I view the Bible was my course in Uteritic, a cuneiform language very similar to biblical Hebrew. The class compelled me to transform how I read the Bible in context, from native platitude to issues of spiritual integrity. Dr. Heiser says it was his Bible study epiphany. Most of us have had the impression that interpreting the Bible in context meant learning from a piece of pottery here, an odd custom there, or having a factual acquaintance with who was alive and what those people were doing at the time of the biblical event. Through his study in the Euteritic course, Heiser learned that all of that can divorce the Bible from the ancient world in one critical way. It can exclude religious or theological ideas from all the context talk. It is easy to presume that most of the biblical theology context was unique to Israel. We usually think that Israel shared some cultural customs with pagan Gentiles, like diet, dress, marriage, and family structure. When we come to think about Israel's religious worldview, we think that it was uniquely handed down from heaven, having no common leaks with paganism. But this is just not true. The similarities to the Ugaritic tablets are striking. For starters, the people in the city of Ugarit, which was a city-state in ancient Syria, described their gods in words and phrases that were used in the Old Testament. In a number of cases, this is actually word for word. Their chief deity shared the same name, El, as the god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The important difference is that El of Ugarit could hardly be called holy by any biblical standards. The honorary titles and other descriptions of the Ugarit El and his primary assistant, Baal, are applied to the god of Israel in many passages in the Old Testament. There are other examples. The behavior of the prophets and the use of divination compared to casting lots or consulting the ephah have clear ancient Near Eastern parallels. The design and purpose of the Ark of the Covenant align well with the boxes known as plagarins in ancient Egypt. Trial by ordeal, such as what is found in Numbers chapter 5, 
where a woman accused of adultery must drink a potion to test her fidelity, occurred also in surrounding cultures. The term for Israelite sacrifices are found in the ancient Gentile religious text. Another example is the belief that the sky was a solid mass, as part of the ancient Near Eastern cosmology is shared by the Bible. In Job chapter 37 verse 18, he makes the skies reflect the heat like a bronze mirror. Can you do that? In Proverbs chapter 8 verse 28, I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established the springs deep in the earth. In our thought process, the notion of the seat of our intellect or emotion is referred to heart or mind. In the ancient Near Eastern thought, including Israel, the intellect and emotions were the kidneys or intestines. This is common throughout the ancient world. So what are some of the spiritual lessons and implications about this? Discovering some of these nuances may be a little bit shocking. Can God use a temporary discomfort of our mindset to produce honesty with our understanding of biblical text? We need to think like an ancient Israelite to better understand the Old Testament. Israelite religion had some significant divergence from the other religions in their surrounding nations, but on a whole there were more similarities than differences. I've come to the realization that the correct interpretive context for the Bible is not the early church, the Protestant Reformation, the Puritan, or modern evangelicalism. Those historical contexts are alien to the Bible. Rather, the context for understanding the Bible is the historical, literary, intellectual, and religious context in which it was written. Although he could have done so, God did not change Israel's culture when dispensing the truth. He didn't give the Israelites a new culture that was dramatically distinct from Israel's neighbors. The choice would have produced something indecipherable for the people of the time. That would have undermined the whole enterprise of communication. What this means is that inspiration operates within cultural context chosen by God and His sovereign wisdom. We cannot honor God's choice of communication strategies if we refuse to ignore the deep worldview connections shared by both Israelites and pagans. The profound contextual overlaps between Israel and her pagan neighbors was a wise theological tactic on God's part. When divergence in Israel's theology appeared in the text, and there were some dramatic stark points of contrast, they screamed for attention on the part of the ancient reader. Unlike the pagan deities, Israel's God could not be cajoled like an idol. Yahweh could not be brought down to earth and tamed. Laws and sacrifices were set in specific covenant contexts, giving them a unique theological dimension. Yahweh would rather have faith and loyalty than sacrifice. As the prophet Samuel tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifice, or your obedience to His voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Well, that will conclude our essay for today. Next Wisdom Wednesday, we will look at Dr. Heiser's next essay titled, Even the Bible Needed Upgrading. I believe that you will find this another interesting topic to consider as we build our biblical worldview. Tomorrow, we will continue with our three-minute wisdom nugget that will provide you with a bit of wisdom that, if followed, will allow you to grow healthier, wealthier, and wiser each day. So encourage your friends and family to join us and then come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. That will finish our trek for today. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 815 treks or read the Wisdom Journal, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. You can also subscribe to iTunes or Google Play so that each day's trek will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, 
I am your friend, as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow.